It is the Chicago vs. United audio podcast cover story series, featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago music community who are making the lead stories this month at ChicagoVersUnited.com. My name is Jaima Black. This week, talking to Jason Caldera of Helicopters about his group's new album, The Honey and the Hiss, which drops online this Tuesday, May 17th. Jason, how's it going? Good, thanks. How you doing? Very well. Uh, there's a lot going on with you guys that I want to talk about, but first, kind of recap, how has 2011 been for the band? 2011, besides being a lot of, uh, having a lot of great things going on in our independent personal lives, it's been great for the for the band so far. We've been pretty light on uh, on playing any sort of shows. We've been wrapping up an album that we spent the better part of the past year working on and putting the finishing touches on. So it's been kind of nice to not have to really focus on playing shows and recording at the same time. So it's been kind of quiet. 2011's been quiet from a uh, helicopters on, on at face value and people seeing what we're doing because we've kind of been, you know, in the studio wrapping things up. So hopefully it's going to get a lot more active as of uh, as of Tuesday. Well, that's awesome. You guys have a new album coming out this Tuesday, actually. Um... We May seventeenth, and that's called the Honey and the Hiss, correct? The Honey and the Hiss, you got it. Yeah. Some of the material on that record actually surfaced last summer. Yeah, it is correct. Yeah, it was um, what we called the slow leak at the seam, which was uh, it was kind of our our attempt at doing something a little bit different and and turning the writing process on its head a bit. We last summer we decided to to take the entire summer and write one song every week. We would go into the studio completely blank write whatever came out of us and record it, do a little bit of tweaking over the course of the week, but then just release it and just release the song as it was. Cause we, we tend to, uh, we tend to take a little bit too much time nitpicking and, and we, you know, second guessing ourselves and things. And we wanted to just throw material out there and just kind of see what's talk and see what we liked. So that was last summer. And we, um, we got about maybe eight or nine songs in and it started to kind of slow up a little bit towards the end, started to run out of steam a little bit. And so what we did was we, we took some of those best songs from that Slowly Get the Seam sessions and finagled them and touched them and tweaked them and nudged them a little bit over the course of the past year. In addition to writing, um, there's about four or five new songs. Some of these songs from Slowly Get the Seam didn't quite make the cut. They, you know, they weren't our favorite, so we just kind of kept them back there. But the, the best of the batch have, have turned into what is now the new official album. And can people pick up or, or, you know, rather get it online, can people go out and get the Slow Leak at the Seam sessions? Is that like an album that people are able to download or anything? You know, on our Bandcamp page, the uh, the album is there. Yeah, it's there in, in its entirety. I can't remember if we're charging for it or if it's free. <laughs> it kind of goes in waves depending on, you know, if you look at our Facebook page, it kind of goes in waves on whether or not we're giving it away. And some of the, the songs that are on there, you know, you'll see repeat names between Slowly Get the Seam and The Honey and the Hiss, but on The Honey and the Hiss, they're going to be a little bit more refined. There's going to be some changes. In a couple cases, there's vocals that didn't exist in the first one because we you know, weren't having any good inspiration. We, we have instrumental songs in the first album that became vocal versions on the second album. You know, things like that. Some remixes of the songs, some kind of reinterpretations. A lot of it is subtle tweaks, and, but some of them are, are some kind of major points that make the, the new album just much more interesting, at least to us. And so you just kind of said these songs are too good to be on this experimental effort. Let's give them a real release, kind of like they deserve? Yeah, that's pretty much what it came down to. It was it was more of, uh, you know, even though we were we were releasing it as an album, as slowly get the seam, for us it was more of an experimental writing process. So when the t- by the time the writing process was over, we felt like, well, we have to, you know, package these and release these somehow. And we thought we were going to end up releasing them as the same album title. But as it evolved over the course of the year and from one summer to the next, we were realizing that it kind of, you know, the album started taking a new shape all its own. And so we kind of wanted to sit back and think about it and think, you know, 
do we still call this album Slowly Get the Seam, or do we let Slowly Get the Seam be what it was, you know, an experimental moment that, you know, I'll blip in time over the course of last summer. And then the new album is actually something entirely new, even though, like I said, there's a lot of trail over with the songs. They're reinterpreted enough and they're tweaked enough. It just felt like a new album. Having done both methods of recording, kind of like this very instantaneous one week only like start to finish thing and then the more old school kind of like go into the studio and really grow these things organically and build them until they're ready do you have a preference or does the band have a preference and do you think you guys would ever do another short-term tight deadline recording session again or was that just a one-off you know i think we're, we're moving towards that a lot i think a lot of it is the necessity of time you know especially as you get a little bit older and as personal lives take over a little bit um, it's hard to find the time to really, you know, dedicate and craft and hone in on on an album and writing songs over time. And we got a lot of great material out of out of kind of our last experimental session. And it, you know, it ends up kind of becoming both. I mean, we're the last album was, although it was kind of written and recorded very quickly, the refinement and the extra finishing touches that went in, those went in over the course of a year. So it's kind of like the initial germ of the idea was something that you know was recorded and, and captured and and captured very quickly but the the editing and refinement of it and adding the layers that really turned them into great songs happened over time so i think the combination of the two is kind of where we're going to be i don't i don't see us you know spending an hour spending you know an entire year writing the song structure per se i feel as i feel like you know there's a lot to be said for you know your gut instinct and the first thing that kind of falls out of you but then at the same time to get a, a really good really well crafted really well produced album that just takes time inherently you know i've looked at your band camp i've kind of like seen you guys you know release new projects over the years and things like that and really like when you look at the discography with the dates in front of you it does seem like helicopters like to keep busy it seems like you guys have like a new project every six months to a year yeah that's pretty much what it is it was seven albums in five years which is you know, <laughs> for, impressive for, for, for a band that is still largely unknown <laughs> it's uh you know it's one thing that we've definitely kind of considered to be our strong point. I mean, we're not a band, you know, we decided early on that we weren't going to be a band that was really going to get a following by by playing a lot of shows. It wasn't the kind of band we were. We didn't necessarily have the time to do it. You know, we love playing live, you know, and, and we get a, lot, a good response from our live shows, but our really our love is writing, crafting, and recording songs, you know, and, and albums, not necessarily just individual songs. But so... With that being said, we just we just like recording, and you know, by the time we we finish an album and we've learned to play the songs live, and we go out and play them, we're already getting antsy to write new stuff. You know, I was just talking with um, Kid's sister for this podcast recently, and you know, she released a mixtape at the beginning of the year, and I think she's just about finished with her second album now. And it's like she's not taking any time off from project to project. She finishes one thing, releases it, and then it looks like she goes right back into the studio. And we were talking about how, you know, at this point in time, it seems like bands and artists and recording artists have to do that because you can't wait two or three years between records unless you're Nine Inch Nails. Like, you've got to keep putting new music in front of people if you want them to remember who you are. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at, at this point, the way the, the music industry is, I mean, people are really not concerned about what's now. They're concerned about what's next. And so it doesn't matter, you know, the, the second an album comes out, they, it's a quick listen and they go, all right, what else we got? What's next? What are you guys coming up with next? You know, and they, they want to find the next big band and the next big thing at all times. And it doesn't matter how much buzz you hear about a band, you know, a band like, I'll just throw one that just popped into my head, but I'll say like Passion Pit, for example. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing about the new Passion Pit album. And it was a fantastic album and I loved it and I still see them live. But it was like within, you know, a month or so of that album surfacing and finally getting in everyone's hands, everyone was on to somebody else. And it's just, you know, it's just this kind of quick turnover 
power that the industry has, in, in some ways, a good thing is that it's allowed us to do that. It's allowed us to find new music and to, you know, hear something and then get so excited about it that you just want to find more and you're just constantly looking to find more. It's, you know, it's kind of ingrained in our musical DNA at this point. But for a band, it becomes a bit of a challenge because you, you release material that you spend a lot of time on and you release it. And if people just listen to it and they go, cool, and then they move on, <laughs> you know, you're like, oh, man, I spent a year, you know, finishing this album and getting it out there. I want people to take their time and listen to it and get interested in it. And, you know, without me having to constantly be spitting out new music. But and that's not why we, you know, why we release new music. We don't do it for that purpose. But that definitely comes into play. I mean, it, it sounds like it would almost get frustrating. This It's got to be rewarding on one hand to be able to continue to produce music and, and keep coming out with something new. But yeah, it's like you look at Nine Inch Nails, for example, and the seven-year wait between the downward spiral and uh, the fragile. And like, yeah. I mean, you could never do that now and have people remember who the hell you are. Well, and you certainly couldn't if you were an unknown band. If you're anything less than a band, you know, people really need to be on pins and needles waiting for the album to come out in order for that to even be something that to kind of go back to one other example, I mean, the new Radiohead album, I think, is a great example sure. of, you know, they just kind of dropped it on people out of nowhere. They, there was really no anticipation for it. it. People didn't know it was going to exist. They said, hey, this Sunday, the album's going to be out. But, you know, almost as quickly as it, as it arrived, it disappeared. You know, it's doing well. It's, you know, it's still selling well and things. But as far as the buzz and the, the blogs and the, the radio talking about it and really discussing it and getting excited about it, it almost disappeared as, as quickly as it came. Dude, which is it's really unfortunate. It's funny you said, I mean, literally, I was like, oh, right, Radiohead did release a new record very right, recently. Right, you know, and I totally think that, forgot. Yeah, and I think that's just part of the way the industry is going to work for a while until um, until people calm down and take their time to actually, you know, nestle into an album and really enjoy it from cover to cover and just take their time with it and really enjoy the music for what it is and try to try to think about how it was crafted and all the stuff that vinyl lets you do versus, you know, MP3 singles. People are kind of getting back into that and really, you know, taking their time to, to enjoy the music that someone has put a lot of work and thought and time into. Yeah, man. I mean, I hear you. I still like listening to full records. Um, I'm always happy when local bands release a record that I can listen to all the way through that kind of like is a full, cohesive listening experience. Uh, the last Felix Culpa record is a great example of that. Alal is another band that was able to do that recently. Yep. You know, the record release event for The Honey and the Hiss is... May 14th at Quenchers. What have you guys got lined up for that event? It's this Saturday. It's this Saturday. We have uh, at 9 o'clock, we're actually going to spin the album, which we haven't really done at a record release for a while. Actually, since our very first one, the very first album was the only time we've actually done that. Because we, you know, we wanted people to hear it, to hear it cover to cover and, and to, to get a sense of what it's about. And granted, it'll be at a bar and it'll be loud and there'll be people there and all that. But we still wanted the album to get heard. Following that, and that's going to be around 9 o'clock, give or take. Following that, we're playing with uh, new friends of ours, the Noise FM. They're going to be opening up the show, and I don't know if you've if you've seen them, but you know they're just a fantastic band, and we were really happy to find them. We were we were kind of struggling to find opening bands for a while because there was a lot of bands that we really wanted. You know, we were sure. pulling this show together ourselves and trying to find some bands that we thought complimented us and that we just wanted to see live. A lot of bands that I just wanted to see, and it was just there. You know, a small handful of the ones that we that we were looking at were um, were unavailable, and we found the Noise FM, and and the guys could not be nicer, and they play a fantastic set so i'm really really eager to see that that'll be really cool and then uh we're closing out the night and i don't know how long our set is going to be but it's going to be way longer than usual <laughs> and it's going to have a uh, new material and and some old material and it should just be a really a really great night we haven't played out live in 
at this point, it's probably closing down in about seven months since our last official show, wow. which is a really long time for us. You know, we're, we're typically a, you know, few times a month band. So for we're really sure. eager to get out there and, and play some new material and see how it's received. Well, that's awesome. Uh, what else is coming up in 2011 for helicopters? Are you guys going to do more touring? Are you going to find yourself three weeks from now saying, like, time to go make another record? Or <laughs> Well, you know, the, I... Part of that comes down to uh, to how well the the PR goes for for the new album. Um, once the new album comes out, I mean, our our biggest push is just to get in as get it in as many hands as possible. I mean, we want people to hear the album. Obviously, we have a couple shows coming up. We have a show coming up at the Whistler in about a month. Um, we have a show at uh, at Reggie's for their anniversary, the fourth anniversary party coming in September. Um, we'll have another show in there in the summer somewhere, and then we just have you know kind of little surprises that'll pop up from now and then. You know. Just things that pop into our heads like doing you know online streaming concerts and some random things like that that we just find fun to do so um, you'll have to keep an eye out on our, our Facebook page or Twitter feed or something to to see what we're doing and when we're doing it because we're gonna be changing things up a bit just to see what sticks well that's awesome man you got to keep trying different things in this culture and like you said seeing what sticks because people are so I don't even think people know how they want to consume music anymore they're still discovering it and bands have to do it with them yeah, and that's it. You know, and it's it's really challenging when you're a local band because I don't think that the local scene really exists anymore. I mean, it's as easy for me to find a band from Amsterdam as it is to find a band that, that's a block down the street now. Yeah, you know, it I, really I is. Go online and find anybody, and so I I think it's it's getting a little bit harder to support local music because half the time you don't even know if the band's local because um, you hear about them through so many different ways. So um, it's a challenge for for bands that primarily play in their main city. I mean, Chicago is our main area of touring and playing shows we we branch out every once in a while but we're you know we're a local band more than anything i guess my my word for everybody is to implore them to support the local music scene because it's uh it's it's challenging when you're one of the bands you know i think it just makes chicago a great city to have all these great bands coming in and out dude absolutely you know i couldn't agree with you more it, there's so much talent in this city and there's so much worth discovering so i'm absolutely right there with you and honestly i'm really digging the record i've been a fan of what you guys are doing for a while now, since I first uh, heard Roto Fugi. Roto Fugi, <laughs> yeah. Roto Fugi, Na- yes. Named actually for a local store in Chicago. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We will see you guys this Saturday at Quenchers, and people can pick up the new album, The Honey and the Hiss, online at the Helicopters Bandcamp uh, this coming Tuesday. You got it. And also on, on iTunes and Amazon.com on Tuesday as well. Killer. Jason, thanks so much for talking today, man. All right. Thank you. I appreciate it. This has been the Chicago vs. United audio podcast cover story series. Thanks to Jason Caldera of Helicopters for being on the show this week. Check out the group's new album, The Honey and the Hiss, this Tuesday, May 17th. You can find past episodes of the Chicago vs. United audio podcast at chicagoverseunited.com, including interviews with The Lull, Loyal Divide, In Tall Buildings, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network online at Facebook, Twitter, and SoundCloud.com slash DynastyPodcast and DynastyPodcast.tumblr and Bandcamp.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Haima Black, Dynasty Descent.